Hi everybody, Dallin here and it's a beautiful almost spring day here in Utah after a long uh, five and a half months of winter. One of the things I've learned moving from, from Florida is that February in Utah is pretty long and cold. And I've made a note to myself that next February we need to get out to the sunshine for, for a couple of days. Hey, it is St. Patrick's Day, hence I'm wearing my green. And this is my sister Stacy, who's trying to convince me that this is green and it is not. So I'm going to have to pinch her right there. It's kind of a teal color. Um, you've met some of my family over the years. Um, one of ten, our, our parents had ten children, fifty-nine grandchildren, and like sixty-something great-grandchildren. I think now, right? I think so. And Stacy is the ninth. I'm number six, and Stacy is the ninth child out of ten. There were seven boys and and three girls. And Stacy has always been one of my, uh, you grand, well, without getting into your age, I think I'm like four five years, five years, years older than five you. Years, five or six. But I, I've kind of always felt like when I got into my teenage years, I was kind of like felt for whatever reason, kind of like I needed to look after Stacy. Um, she was always so pure and a great smile, so talented. But when I think of my sister Stacy, I think of purity. Um, she's an amazing woman. And like Carrie and like my sister Colette, um, Stacy belongs to this club of women, um, a club that you'd never want to be a part of, a club of women who have had to bury a child. And I told you when we started these life lessons that when I, when I felt like I had something to share that I, or that I could bring someone to share hope and inspiration with you, I would do that. And I apologize, it's been a few months, but Inasmuch as it's uh, almost Easter time, a time of uh, renewal, as things start to grow again, um, I thought I wanted to, to share and have Stacy share with you a message of hope today and some of the experiences that she's had in her journey of life thus far, and the places that that journey has taken her, places that she never would have realized or dreamed of probably, and how uh, through those life experiences, she is sitting on a couch with me today and, and through those experiences now, how she travels around inspiring uh, through her story, hope of, of a vibrant life and how you can live a vibrant life. It's called vibrant living. And uh, no one speaks more passionately about this than Stacy because the experiences that she's gone through from the depths of despair to uh, an amazing relationship with God. So Stacy, thanks for coming up and spending a few minutes today sharing with our community. Thank you. Um, and so maybe just talk about kind of your life and some of the things you've gone through, like I explained, and okay. we'll just go from there. And then I might ask you a few questions, okay? Okay. Thank you so much for having me here. And it's an honor to be able to share some of my, my story and life experiences. I think probably I'd start back um, several years ago. We had four children at the time and Four wonderful children. But something in my heart said we weren't finished. But my husband and I, Matt, we didn't quite see eye to eye on this. Have you ever had disagreements that's, that's with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so we really didn't, and we didn't know what to do because we were just at a standstill. But early one morning, I remember um, just falling to my knees and pouring my heart out to my Father in heaven and not knowing what to do with the situation. And I opened up my scriptures and it ended up being um, Esther, the book of Esther. As I was reading in Esther, 
I had a beautiful experience, and it was that this, this spirit spoke to my heart so clearly that I do, you do have another daughter coming, and she will be like Esther. So when that entered my heart, I knew it to be true, and really, my heart just rejoiced. And, but I knew Esther was beautiful. I knew she was chosen by the king. I knew she was instrumental in saving her people. But Esther also was um, not of, it was a different nationality of the king, and she was also not raised by her birth parents. The idea came to me about perhaps this child would come through international adoption, come to our family a different way. So when I, when I shared that with my husband, you know, he, after a little bit of persuasion and some long suffering <laughs> on our part, he came on board because we, we knew that we had been abundantly blessed in our lives and that we could really open up our home to a child. So that started our journey. And um, 18 months later, we were blessed with this incredible, beautiful princess, Olivia, Olivia Grace. And she was placed in our arms and um, she had a head full of thick black hair. She was exquisite, so beautiful. She was born, from, born um, in Korea and she just blessed our lives. This, when she came into our family, it was December 19th. That was her gotcha day, okay? So in um, the adoption world, we celebrate gotcha day. That's when she entered our family. So we celebrated that day every single year. And um, we, this was before 9-11, and when we brought her off of the plane, we had a crowd. I don't know if you were there. You might have been I not living it. there, but we had probably 50 people there welcoming us um, at the gate when we brought her home and just celebrating her entering in our family. And our other four children just could not wait to get their hands on her. She really became a magnet for our family. And our lives revolved around her. We all wanted to be her best buddy, and I think that she... Um, she really had us all tied, tied around her little finger. So um, five years later, early one morning when my husband, he cried out to my name to call 911. And that's, that's really the moment that um, my world dropped out from underneath us. But my husband was um, trying to resuscitate my daughter who had passed away suddenly and unexpectedly in her sleep something that we um, just blindsided us. We were not prepared for, and um, I can't, how do you describe that? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you can't, I can't put into words um, just the devastation and anguish and heartbreak of that experience. You had moved to San Diego. Yeah. From Utah. Yeah, we were in San Diego at the time. and I remember that day. Absolutely. You know, Matt was so sweet. I mean, your uh, the audience probably knows Colette, and he called he called her early in the morning, in the midst of all this, knowing that I would need somebody that had gone through something like this to be at my side. And so she rushed to the side, and it was a strength for me as well. But something that I would not want to experience again, or hope that no one. Other people wouldn't have to experience that. But so many lessons have come from that, that experience that have become now um, a blessing in my life as far as the lessons that I've learned from that. But two and a half years later after that experience, I ended up spiraling downward um, and was 
diagnosed with clinical depression, and, and I was rushed to the hospital. Not only had our family lost our sweet Olivia, but now our kids and my husband, they were losing me. I was really crashing. And you remember that time? I remember. What year was this, Stacy? This was in um, 2008. Okay. And so that was about two and a half years after I'd lost Olivia. But I just want to thank you because you were a strength to me. You were a rock. And at the time, I, things were unraveling. And I turned to you. And I appreciate the help and the blessings and the things that you gave to me. But at that time, um, I had, I just had broken down. My body, heart, mind, and soul had simply worn out, and um, I just crashed. And I think it was the weight. I know what it was. It was. We'll get into this. My thoughts and the, the heaviness of the emotions, and and just the the weight of what I was carrying mm -hmm. was, was a lot. So. There was, I spent several weeks in the hospital at that time and with some serious medical intervention. But I remember coming home from that hospital and just one morning, as I did every morning, um, just fell to my knees and crying for help. How could I recreate my life? Because I was not the same person I had been. Mm -hmm. I think up until that point in my life, up until I'd lost Olivia, I think I had subconsciously attracted the things that I wanted in my life. Like, for some reason, um, things just came to me, and I, I believed I could achieve things. I, could, I was successful in so many different areas of my life. I think a lot of that was because we had parents that absolutely believed in us. Dad was instrumental for me in, in instilling that. But, um, but when I lost Olivia, all of a sudden, I started struggling with my thoughts and things going on in my head. It was this battle. And what could I have done absolutely. to avoid this? If only I had done that. If only I had done it. Maybe I'm not worthy for God. God has given me this incredible gift. And maybe I wasn't worthy enough to keep her. Um, and just feelings of failure. And that kind of rolled around Spiral. in my head a lot. So I remember coming home from the hospital and just feeling like I was this pile of ash and I did not know how to recreate myself. But there was a little spark of hope. There was a little ember that maybe I was still of worth. And even though inside, I didn't believe it. I didn't feel it. And that was a hard place to be because it was just a tough time. So, but I, the thought came to me that since I had repeatedly told myself uh, just really difficult things, I didn't, I didn't take my anger out at God or at other people, but I just, I felt this responsibility as her mother. And so it really turned on myself. And so the thought came to me, maybe I could recreate the most beautiful life. If I could, if I could start believing in, in myself again and saying more positive things. And, and as I was praying, how do I recreate myself? What do I do? And I felt like I was just taught. I was taught. And I'd get up early every morning. And like I would, what time? You know what? I, I really, from the time that I lost Olivia, I really, to those couple of years, I couldn't sleep very well at night. And so at 2 or 3 in the morning, I would wake up. And I had a practice. And, um, 
the practice was I had a picture of the Savior on my wall. And at that time, I didn't know. Um, if it, I just needed to pour my heart out. I needed to let those emotions go. I needed to talk to someone that could understand the depth of my pain. And so the only person I could think remotely I could do that with was Jesus Christ. And so I, I would take his picture down every night or every morning during the middle of the night and I'd put it on the floor and I would kneel down and I would start talking to him as a friend. I'd never done anything like that before, but I just, I hurt, hurt so bad and I knew, I knew my daughter was with her, with him. I had some beautiful spiritual confirmations letting me know that. It didn't take the pain away. It didn't take all this anguish away, but at least I could um, put my heart to him and something beautiful happened in that time period. A, a relationship that I'd never had before with him developed. And um, as I started then seeking, how do I find healing? I would get up and write every morning. I would, I would journal and probably write two or three pages every day, just first getting out of all the thoughts that I had, just kind of a stream of consciousness. And then I would pray for help. And all of a sudden, all these ideas started coming to me on how to heal myself. Because you, I was not the same person I was, you know, I had yeah. been before. And, but I, I felt like I was given this incredible formula. And I started writing, and I started sketching out this tree. And it was, we were some, I was um, like symbolic of a tree. And, and we are, and I had roots. I have, we are multidimensional beings. We have bodies, we have hearts, we have minds and souls. And I needed to nourish those roots every day of my life, okay? By the foods nourished through the body, by the foods I ate, because you know what? I started turning to food in an unhealthy ways because I was mass, just trying to fill the holes in my life, okay? Really turned to emotional eating to, and, and dealing with that in an unhealthy way, but that's not uncommon, you know? Right. Sugar's pretty addictive, more addictive actually than cocaine, they say, in our brains. And so I had really developed some unhealthy habits. So I needed to nourish my body. I needed to nourish my heart. And, um, and that was just the emotions, to be able to, to release those heavy emotions and to come to a place of peace. I needed to nourish my mind and soul. And then the, the, um, the trunk of the tree represented fighting systems and structure in my life. And then the branches represented um, discovering my purpose and passion. Because at that time in my life, it felt very gray. And I think, you know, when we are living our passion, something lights up inside of, of us, and I needed to rediscover that. And then the fruit of the tree really represented, once I was able to nourish the roots, that I would once again produce fruit. And that was, that came from our purpose and passion, but it also um, signified my gifts and talents, and that I was then meant to share those things. But at the time, I felt very barren as far as my mm -hmm. own trees. So I spent several years in my own healing journey. In and of nourish your, your heart, your body, and mind. Yes. Through, how did you do that? Okay. Well, so I felt like I got this formula. So I, and I wasn't producing fruit in my life. So these thoughts so, would just come to you because oh, you were up in the middle of the night. Yes. And you'd pray for it. Absolutely. Right? And I'd be taught. And that's so, that's... That's pretty foreign, isn't it? I mean, as you're listening, it's kind of... Oh, but something magical <laughs> happens when we connect with our higher power. And so I, I want to share with yeah. the things that I learned. So, yes, I was 
I started writing. I, there's a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and she talks about this, about writing, just free writing in the morning to clear your, clear your mind. And then as you keep writing, it, it almost opens up this conduit for the Lord okay, to speak. And, and you just have to get practice. But I have a stack of paper like this thick that I have written over the years. And I, I do it quite regularly in the mornings. And I just stream of consciousness writing, but then pretty soon it's like, God can speak to us. That's one way. And as I, so as I felt, it was like this formula for me. So to nurse, to start nourishing my body, I, am, I went to school at, to become a holistic health coach. I had to figure this out myself because I had these unhealthy habits. And, and um, I studied like 100 different dietary theories in this program and all these different things. I really realized it came down to a few things. You know, eat more greens, drink more water, get more exercise. I think we, we kind of know how to take care of our bodies, but if, if, if our relationships, if our spirituality, if, is not um, in alignment. If our, if we don't find meaning in our careers, or we're not physically active, sometimes we often will turn to food to fill those things, fill those voids. And so I, I started changing my habits. I became a raw food chef. I studied that, and started adding a lot more greens and things. So taking care of my body was one. Okay. The heart was a whole other journey. Because our hearts are really where we store emotions. And the depths of emotions I was feeling were, I'd never felt before to that degree and so often and repeated. And so um, any negative emotions like fear, frustration, overwhelmment, confusion, envy, jealousy, sadness, despair, judgment, guilt, shame, they all vibrate at a low level, okay? So, so meaning, um, so we say we want to have a vibrant life, but in reality, we don't necessarily get just what we want. We get what we are, like what, what we put out. And so a lot of times we don't realize that we, we wonder why we're continually stuck. And there were several years that I felt continually stuck. And up until I had lost Olivia, I never experienced that. In fact, um, I didn't realize I was maybe being judgmental, but I couldn't understand why people couldn't get their lives together. It was mm -hmm. just easy, you know, like, because I thought things just flowed, and that's how my life had happened before. Mm -hmm. But um, then I started realizing, you know, when we store emotions in our lives, that's, that's the energy that we're putting out, if the, and if they're negative emotions. And so I, I needed to learn how to, to release those and to come to a place of peace and love and joy and forgiveness and gratitude. And so I... You know, our hearts, that's where we store our emotions, and we need to be able to release those. And um, So how do, you re how do you do that? How do you release emotions? Okay, well, I, I ended up going to the Institute of Healing Arts and learning this emotion release therapy, but there's several different ways. One is you can simply write in the morning. Um, like if you wake up and feel frustrated or angry or disappointed or sad, you write right it out. Now. You write it out until... So you'd encourage people to get up have some alone time and write. Absolutely. And just start the process. Absolutely. It's probably hard for That's, people to start that. Yeah. But as you start it, it becomes like anything else with practice. Absolutely. You can write and then crumple it up and throw it away. Or crumple it up. I've burned it before. Or say a little prayer and ask. The of what? Your negative? The, the, the negative, negative stuff? stuff? Yeah. Okay. The negative stuff. stuff. Not, the, not your journaling. But anything. It's like taking an emotional bath. Or you can visualize it coming out, that negative emotion. Um, so well, you took your experience 
You know, so so you lost Olivia and you've gone through that and then you, you spiraled into depression. I remember those days, they were dark days. You didn't look like yourself. I mean, you were a different person. Then thanks to the grace of God, you took that picture and you started talking to Christ, worshiping him and just speaking to him like as a friend. And then you, it sounds like you had some amazing experiences and things started to float to you and you started to write all those things. And then you'd be able to, you were taught how to heal yourself through that experience. And then you took that, all of that stuff, and you wrote this book, right? Is that what the, yeah. is that the yeah. genesis of this that, book? That is. It's called The Seven Steps to Vibrant Living. What does that mean? Okay, it's, this, it's the formula that, that I was taught and that I practiced in myself and then started teaching others about the tree, about our roots, the trunk so and the There's a picture of this tree. So what are the seven steps to living a vibrant life? Okay, nourishing your bodies, hearts, minds, and souls putting in systems in your life, like AM and PM routines. There's certain things that I do every morning. Um, like when I wake up in the morning, I do, even before I get out of bed, I breathe deeply. I start listing things I'm grateful for. I do my affirmations, okay? Something I do every single day. Now, can I share this yeah. with you? <laughs> What's your affirmation? Is because it the same one every day? It is. It's something I've been saying for seven and a half years because I said, I was feeding my mind all these negative thoughts. and really our life results are they're so um as a man thinketh absolutely they are so aligned with what our thoughts are so if we're thinking great things about our life and ourselves we're going to have those results but and i had always had that in my life until i lost a living and until i started feeding my minds with i'm a, my mind with i'm a failure and on and on okay you 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 attach a thought with an emotion and it creates this really powerful neural pathway for good or for bad Okay. And so I, I lived it, destroying my life with the bad thoughts. I created the hell I was so living. So those thoughts ended up putting you in a hospital with depression. Absolutely. So then it was like, I, with my thoughts, I can recreate this. And so I started making a list of people that I so admired. And I thought, since I at that point didn't have any self-worth. Okay? okay. But I had people in my life, like you, friends that were just amazing, that I could pull from their characteristics. And I thought, if I could become like them, this is who I want to be. So I kind of created the amazing Stacy yeah. <laughs> that I wanted to be, and I wrote those down. I would okay. say morning share and night. With, share with the group how, okay. you, how you said, this is what I want to be, and you wrote okay. out this affirmation. I and did. every day you say it? I say it every day, morning and night. I mean, I probably missed a handful of days. And sometimes I say it throughout the day, because what I discovered, I'd be driving down the car, driving in a car down the road, and it would take me about a split second for my mind to go, here down to the pit, okay? Because, so this is the way to stop the negatives, yeah, is that affirmation? Absolutely. When, when negative thoughts when come in your mind. When things come in, you don't feed it. Whatever we feed grows. So this was to say, no, this is who I am. And that's how you got to say no, by absolutely. doing an affirmation. Yes. What's your affirmation? Share with the, okay. share with the audience. I am Stacy Larson Harmer. I am loving and vibrant. I'm giving and compassionate. I'm sweet and gentle. I'm strong and determined. I'm helpful and healing. I'm fit and lean. I'm smart and articulate. I'm clean and organized. I'm inspiring and influential. I'm pure and virtuous. I'm an incredible wife and mother. I'm self-motivated and self-disciplined. I'm a devoted daughter of God and a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. I'm amazingly successful. I'm a brilliant and savvy businesswoman. I'm creating the life of my dreams. I'm a diamond. I give energy and enthusiasm to everything I do. I have fortune, I have growth, I'm a highly sought after mentor, trainer, teacher, and coach. I have an incredible dream team. I'm jazzed about my life, I keep my energy vibration very high, 
I spread love to everyone I come in contact with. I'm a money magnet. I'm a natural presenter. I'm optimistic, positive, vibrant. I have passion, purpose, and clarity. I'm queen of my home. I reach for the stars. I'm successful at everything I do. I'm a powerful trainer. I'm unbelievably happy, very blessed. I am changing the world for the better. <laughs> and you know, it makes me really emotional hearing that because she's all of those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Thank you. I believe me, when I wrote those, they weren't, they didn't come from within. I pulled them from traits of people I so admired. I thought, this is the woman I want to become. Because at the time, I didn't believe any of those things about myself, Dallin. Not one of them. But I thought, if I could say those enough, maybe it would go into my subconscious that, that I would become, and that would rule my life. And I have been saying those for almost eight years now. Every and day I'm, for eight years. And I'm, I'm seeing the fruits now in my life. And so I know this formula works. I know when we take care of our bodies, hearts, minds, and souls. I haven't talked about soul, but it, it's in the book. And how we connect spiritually changes everything. How we meditate and receive and write and do. Powerful, powerful stuff. So this is it. I know that this is not a self, you know, a, a plug for a book, but I'm going to anyway. So this is my sister's book, Seven Steps to Vibrant Living. Seeing where this, where my my sister was as a singer as a teenager, to seeing her bury Olivia with Matt, seeing her family, seeing her go through the depression um, where I couldn't hardly recognize her, and seeing her rise from the ashes um, through the principles taught here. I've seen it firsthand. And I think on what we'll do, hopefully, Stacy, over the coming uh, weeks and months, maybe we'll take each of these seven steps and just go into them in, in detail, okay? I'd love to. Maybe like 10-minute segments on, on each of these seven steps so you can give them some, some really good advice. Okay. Uh, what I'd encourage you to do is to just go to Amazon.com and get this and read over it, and then we'll take one at a time and go through every, all seven steps um, teaching us all how to live a more vibrant life. You know, there's a lot more of the story of Stacy that we haven't gone into today, one of which is, well, why don't you share with him uh, a little bit about Gabby, okay? Oh. <laughs> well, all I can say is whenever we go through difficult experiences, the Lord always compensates, you know, more. And that's what I've experienced. We we had another daughter, Isabella, and then we adopted another daughter. This is so you gave birth to Isabella after Olivia mm -hmm. passed, right? After Olivia passed, we gave, I gave birth to Isabella. Were you expecting Isabella? Oh, no, time? no. It was a couple years later. Okay, I can't remember. And then we adopted our daughter, um, Gabriella Grace, from China. And she's just, they both are just an incredible blessing in our lives. And... Um, and you know, when you go full circle to healing, you can look at your experience and, and see it as a gift versus all the pain. When you've done the healing, there's not the trigger. I mean, yes, I do sometimes have difficult days and, and it brings up the emotions, but I also see the big picture and I've been taught so many things. And now in our own healing journey, we can say, this is who I've become because I've gone through this experience. And I wouldn't be the woman I am had I not gone through the valley of the shadow of death and go, experience the pain that we have experienced. But I feel like our pain propels us to find our passion. And I feel like right now I'm actually living my mission. I'm sharing my message. And it, that's to bring hope to the world and teach these principles and, and help people raise to um, the level that they were created to be and to fulfill the measure of their full creation. 
So thank you, Stacy, for sharing some today. And so if you're part of this club of parents who have buried a child, like Carrie, like uh, Stacy, Colette, and, and so many others, um, I want you to know how grateful I am for the influence that you are and the, and the strength that you are to me in my life. Um, and I thank you, Stacy, for being such an amazing sister and such an amazing uh, wife and a mother. You've got such a beautiful family. And I'm grateful that you spent a few minutes today sharing with the group and giving hope. Because there are people out there listening to this message that are stuck, that are probably carrying around a lot of guilt unnecessarily. And I would encourage you to use Stacy to show you that, wow, to go from clinical depression to, to writing a book, wanting to give gifts and to be a gift to other people to help them rise from the ashes as well so that we can come into our best selves and go out and do significant things. You know, these experiences we have in life, as painful as they are, it's like, it, what make, it, it's what makes us who we are. And Stacy took the most horrific of circumstances, lived through it, and now as a result of that, is, is so empathetic to people, understanding of people, non-judgmental of people, and, and helping people to, to go into the, to, to walk into their best self. So I love you, Stacy, and I'm grateful for all that you do and continue to, to teach and share with me. So to all of you out there, have a great day. Put your arms around your kids and tell me you love them and make it a significant day and the rest of a significant week. And we'll, we'll talk to Stacy again in the near future. God bless.